You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 92. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to continue the conversation about getting people to follow your project management process. Why don't they? And what you can do about it. Now, last week, we talked about why timing of implementing project management process is so important And today we're going to dive into what exactly you should do if you start implementing project management practices in your organization and you're hitting resistance. We'll cover a few different ways that shows up and what you can do about it to remove the headaches, frustration, overwhelm, and get everyone running their projects like a well-oiled machine. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO Training and Implementation Program. It's the only program on the market that helps you not only learn what you need to do and how to do it, but then takes you step by step through determining what services are going to be the highest impact, what order you should do those services in, and how to build credibility for you and your team every step of the way, all while helping your organization deliver on its strategy with the highest possible return on investment. If you're building a PMO for the first time, if you need to get your PMO back on track, or you want to up-level your PMO, this program was literally built with you in mind. I took my 15 years of experience in organizations as a PMO leader and combine that with the successes my clients and students have been having since I started PMO strategies in 2013, following this exact system. And I've put it all together in a program that takes you step-by-step on that journey. I'd love to have you join us. You can learn more by going to iepmo.com. That's iepmo.com to learn how to build an impact engine PMO with me, right by your side. Okay, let's dive in. So you started implementing project management practices in your organization. And when you are doing this, you're coming up on some change resistance. Now, again, last week we talked about the timing and making sure the timing's right. So if you did not listen to episode 91, go back and listen to 91 because it could be that your timing is completely off. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, timing is everything. Well, that is also true when it comes to implementing project management practices. So go listen to that episode if you have not to make sure that you've got the right timing. And now from here forward, we're going to talk about what to do if the timing was right, but the rollout hasn't gone as smoothly as you'd like, or you're hitting some resistance when you're implementing project management practices in your organization. Now, the very first place I want you to look is in what your stakeholders say when they talk about your process, the PMO and project management process. Have you heard them say, I'm completing the template you guys asked me to complete? Or maybe they said, 
I'm completing the steps in your process. That sounds very benign on the surface, but do you know what's wrong with both of those sentences? They didn't say our, they said your. Sometimes we think we've done a good job of rolling out our great project and change management best practices. We feel like they really get it and you see the heads nodding and you go through some training with them or you put everything in front of them and it makes logical sense. And then they throw this you and your stuff at you and you're wondering what happened. And if you're not, you should be wondering. Watch out because the minute you aren't looking, your process is going to fall apart. Why? Because it's your process. It should never, ever be your process. The key to sustainability in project and change management best practices is ownership. Their ownership, not yours. Many times, business leaders will put one person in the whole organization in charge of creating best practices for the whole organization. And if you're a PMO leader or someone in the PMO in your organization, or maybe even that PMO of one, or you're the person that's dubbed the project management person for the organization, this might resonate with you. Great. They put you in charge of developing all the project management process. And that in and of itself is not the issue. What you do next is what will determine ultimately whether or not you're successful or you fail in the implementation and utilization of those practices. When we are tagged as the one to put all this stuff in place, it's important to remember that you are accountable, but that doesn't mean it needs to be a one person show. In fact, I teach my PMO leaders inside the Impact Engine PMO training program who often come to me as a one-person PMO when they start, right? Because your business leaders haven't fully invested in the PMO because they got you and then they're going to see what you can do before they add any other people. Sound familiar? I teach those folks how to take advantage of all the other people around them and pull those people into the process of building and running PMO capabilities, even if they don't directly report to you. And you must get others involved and find a way to give them a stake in the outcome of this effort. Because if you don't, you run the risk of a few things happening. First of all, they will make you out to be the bad guy trying to make them change the way they have quote unquote, always done things. And that is not a place you want to be. They will ignore you completely and act like you and your PMO don't exist. They only behave when you're watching. And so the minute you turn away, they start following whatever process they want to. How in the world can you be the process police for all of this organization, even if you have more than one person in your PMO? Or maybe when you're off on another assignment, the whole thing falls apart completely. Or your leadership starts to wonder if you can handle this effort because you seem pretty ineffective because you're rolling things out and people are ignoring you. Remember, you're being tested. I promise you, you are. You're being tested as to whether or not you can do this right when you're a PMO of one or when you're first starting the PMO, even if they give you resources, you are under a microscope. So you've got to be very clear about 
whose process it is, and making sure it's not your process, just like it's not your PMO. Frankly, your stakeholders don't really care about the PMO. They don't really care that much whether or not you're successful. What they care about is if you're helping them solve their problems, their pain points. So how do you avoid these potentially detrimental problems of implementing process and not getting the kind of adoption you really need to be successful? You start by making it their process right from the beginning. I know that you're the one in charge of making these changes, but it doesn't mean that you must be off in your tiny little workspace, huddled over your computer by yourself. Get out there and engage others. You don't necessarily know what will work best in the organization anyway. And if you think you do, you're probably wrong, at least partially, because you don't know what you don't know. And you got to make sure that you don't break what's working when you roll out any changes. So you've got to start by pulling together the stakeholders and do a lot more listening before talking. You want to ask questions about what's working for them and where their pain points are. That discovery process, or I call it the assessment phase inside our Impact Engine PMO program, will help you do several things that are going to go a long way to making sure that the processes are absorbed by the organization, are adopted by the organization, and are never yours to begin with. So engage them in the process by having our quote unquote conversations instead of your conversations about the process. Make sure that they feel heard and understood. Make sure that you develop a more robust solution, which doesn't mean heavy and complicated, that incorporates the real world that they are working in. That's why it's so important to listen and hear what they're talking about with respect to the pain points, how they do things today, what would be useful to them, what would help streamline their process. Remember, they are experts in how they do their day-to-day jobs, how they participate in project work. And even if they aren't doing it right, they are experts in what they do now. They know a lot better about what they do now than you do. So it's important to ask a lot of questions and give them a chance to really talk about what their desires are and what their pain points are and what they want. And then this gives you a chance to tie the services that you're going to put in place, the processes you're going to put in place to address their desires and address their pain points. Remember, you cannot give them what they need until you give them what they want. So give them a chance to be a part of the solution development. Give them a chance to come up with their own ideas of what would be useful to them. And of course, you're going to take advantage of your expertise and your knowledge and all the things that you know, but you're doing it in a way that lets them lead instead of you shoving change at them and wondering why it's not sticking. By the way, this approach of doing it with them and letting them be a part of the solution helps you build early adopters and change champions. So as you roll this project management process out that they developed to a broader organization, it's their ideas, it's their process, and 
they become the change champions telling everyone about it and how it's helped them. Again, you do not have to do this alone as a PMO leader. You should be doing this with others in the organization and letting them be a part of the solution. And then you want to make sure that the process that they've developed with you becomes ingrained into the culture, in the way they operate, and is seen as a value add to those stakeholders doing their day-to-day work, participating in projects, and start tying that to the outcomes you're achieving. If that means that you're getting to return on investment faster for projects, if there's fewer mistakes or problems or challenges, whatever pain points you've addressed, make sure you keep that conversation going around the pain point that they've identified, the solution that you as a team, a broader team, put in place to solve it and what outcomes that's created for the organization and the impact that has for the organization as a whole. You want those story points identified in a way that lets you tell that story very regularly, very seamlessly, and makes it easy for your stakeholders that have implemented this process to tell that story as well because that's how you continue to build credibility and social proof that what you're doing actually works. This also gives you a chance to show your leadership team that you are a leader, not just a doer, and that you can engage others successfully in the organization to implement change. Because remember, you are under a microscope. People are watching you and trying to see whether or not you can lead others through change. And the kind of change that you're trying to lead them through will only be successful if you're doing it with them instead of to them. Now, if the lack of headaches, the lack of resistance, the lack of frustration was not enough to convince you that shifting the mindset and the terminology from it being your PMO process and your project management process to their process, there's another thing to consider. When you do it this way, it also helps you share the workload with others. You can engage a group of stakeholders in the process of interviewing other people to get their input. You can have them gather examples of things that are working that you want to make sure you don't break, or maybe there's already templates in place or a defined process that you can follow. You can get help with developing a prototype process or some templates and tools. You can use this approach to develop a pilot group that's going to help you not just define these processes, but start using them first so that you can be 100% sure that they work before you roll out to a broader audience. And ultimately, you can make the whole process of rollout so much easier because it's a team of people that are already early adopters that are doing it with you along the way. Like my public speaking coach says, we can do so much more together than we can alone. Moral of the story here is when you're creating any change, make sure that you're doing the change with them instead of to them to ensure that it becomes their process, not yours. Okay, that's it for this episode. Next week, I'm going to give you a very specific list of techniques you can use when you are in the thick of it, when you start hitting change resistance and you need a solution to a specific 
resistance you're facing. So when you're implementing project management process and you start hitting some resistance, that's what we will cover next week. Don't forget that if you want help to go step by step by step through this process of building, running, rescuing, or up-leveling your PMO, definitely check out the Impact Engine PMO training and implementation program where I take you step by step through this journey to build that high impact PMO. Just go to iepmo.com. I would love to have you join our impact drivers making big things happen in PMOs around the world. And if you like what you heard on today's episode, definitely make sure you hit subscribe and download those podcast episodes so they are with you no matter where your PMO journey takes you. Bye-bye for now.